0: That time, the sports talker, here's T.J. Walker.
1: Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. It doesn't feel like a Tuesday with tomorrow being Christmas Eve, everybody being off work Thursday for Christmas. Uh, And then right after that, it's Friday. Some people have work, some don't. But we'll be previewing the Kentucky Louisville game, which will be the following day. Uh, so this week's going to fly by. It was a short week to begin with, and uh, but plenty to talk about. It's always always fun when college basketball is in the thick of things and at the forefront. We're going to talk a lot about Kentucky Louisville, the big game. Uh, despite Louisville having a game tonight, I don't think even without Montrez Harrell, Louisville fans should be worried about possibly looking ahead to Kentucky team they're playing tonight three and nine Louisville should be okay in that one uh, at the KFC YUM Center Uh, the game before Kentucky always reminds me of Louisville fans chanting beat UK towards the end of that game Uh, which you know whatever whatever gets whatever gets their team pumped but some interesting games last night in college basketball and there's some other decent games tonight Wisconsin goes on the road, gets a tough win at Cal. I I thought that could be a possible upset for Wisconsin. Cal was 10-1 heading into that game. No problems there. Washington undefeated. They're having one of their best starts in school history. Notre Dame continues to to dominate people. They've only got one loss on the year. Uh, But obviously the one that really jumps out is Kansas getting dominated by 25 points at Temple eight and four Temple they were seven and four heading into that game and we had mentioned on the show yesterday I talked so much about how good this Kentucky team has started the season and one of the one of the reasons I pointed to why is they beat Kansas on a neutral floor by 32 points and since then Kansas hadn't lost a game. Well I think what you're probably seeing, is uh, I we had uh, I had overhyped that Kansas team. I still think they're a good team, and I think they can be a good team come the end of the year, but I, I think it's clear that they're going to be a team that's going to struggle on the road. They did beat Georgetown on the road earlier this year, but their other road game, neutral site, uh, some neutral site games that they, that they were able to win, but not against any great opponents. Uh, they played Kentucky on a neutral site game, got absolutely blown out. Played Temple on a true road game, get blown out. Uh, so it might be a long – it might be an up-and-down year for the Jayhawks that you just hope they're clicking. If you're a, a Kansas fan, you hope that they're clicking come tournament time. Uh, but that was the upset of the night. We'll talk more about college basketball. We'll preview some of the games tonight. And, again, Kentucky, Louisville. We're going to rank the seven games that UK has, and Uval has played since John Calipari took over. We're going to rank those games one through seven and look forward to doing – that uh, it's strange. You know, John Calipari is in his sixth year at UK, but has played Louisville seven times. So it's, it's rare. You know, Kentucky and Louisville don't play in the tournament often, but since he's been in charge at Kentucky, uh, you're seeing more and more tournament games. Two already in five years. I uh, wouldn't doubt it if they were to get paired up again. I, I, I do think it's unlikely it'd be this year. I just, I think the NCAA would have to give it a break. But again, uh, you wouldn't be surprised if you saw that. Anyways, let's waste no time. Yates, how are you?
0: Doing well, TJ. How are you?
1: Doing great.
0: Happy it's Festivus, almost... by the way.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'm not a not a big Seinfeld fan, mainly because, again, people are just going to complain about that, but it's kind of just, it's not really my, and I know a lot of people my age do like it. I'll
0: complain about that. That'll, That'll be one of my grievances that I'll air, is that you're not a Seinfeld fan.
1: Well, if it makes you feel better, my dad has, I mean, was, is probably the biggest Seinfeld fan I know, and maybe that's part of the reason I didn't watch it, is just because he'd always have it on when I was a kid. And I wanted to watch cartoons, so it kind of just stuck in the back of my mind that I was I wasn't going to like it. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll start watching it, and maybe it'll be funnier to me. Uh, but thank you, anyways. I, I know that your generation, Yates, uh, loves Festivus. I, is it just two days before Christmas every year, or does it?
0: Uh, it's December twenty
1: third. December twenty third. Okay. Uh, I I. I uh, every year, people post all about it on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I just didn't know exactly when it was. If it happened to be a certain day of the week, or if it just happened to fall on the same day every year. It's, it's, thing, it's so. the
0: twenty third. And if if anybody listening is a big Festivus fan, stick around for the afternoon drive. You should anyway, because it's a terrible show. So it's worth listening to because it's so ter- <laughs> it's so terrible that it's good good to listen to. But today will be a a Festivus-themed show, so if you're a Seinfeld fan or you just happen to celebrate Festivus just because, stick around for the 4 o'clock hour.
1: Well, I I would suggest that, like you said, you do it anyways, not because it's a terrible show, but uh, it's a more Louisville perspective, and I know plenty of Louisville fans listen to my show. Speaking of one, Stove, text in the G-chat, says that Seinfeld's by far the best comedy of all time, it's even ahead of The Office, which... Again, I haven't seen Seinfeld, so I can't say that it's not. But if it's ahead of the office, then that's saying something. Uh, because the office, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many office episodes I watch a day on average. On average, it's probably three a day. And that's not a joke. Uh, some days there will be more. So, And usually I just have it on the background while I'm doing work or doing something. Uh, I, I usually watch an episode before I go to bed. I have some weird tendencies and and habits that I I go about. Clayv116 says Seinfeld greater than The Office by far, not even close. What a joke! Although Clayv116 has never watched The Office in full, he's just seen episodes here and there. And it, 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 this is a historic day for the sports talker here on fourteen fifty, the sports Post That you have Stove and Clayv116 agreeing with one another. These two are as big of opposites as possible. Uh, one hates Louisville, one hates Kentucky, but they can agree on Seinfeld. It must be a festivist miracle, Yates.
0: That is a festivist miracle.
1: I mean, these two people, and they know each other too, and they don't even really like each other then either. Uh, and certainly don't cheer for the same teams, but you're able to get them agreeing that Seinfeld's better than the office. Uh, Stove, I trust his opinion on TV shows and. Uh, all that good, all that good stuff. I, I so, you know, if he says that, then I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, but claybee One Sixteen has a very terrible, terrible taste in movies. Uh, I I forget the movie that he talked about loving. It might have been Boat Trip, the two thousand two adventure film. He talked about how that was one of the better movies. Uh so I don't know if I can uh trust his input, but if everybody's saying Seinfeld and again I know my dad is is the, the biggest Seinfeld fan and I knew it wasn't gonna be long before he weighed in. Uh he just talk about how much he how much Seinfeld is one of the better shows on TV. Anyways. Uh so <laughs> the Seinfeld talk, I guess stick around for the four o'clock hour. I I'm not your Seinfeld guy. Again, any office episode you wanna watch or talk about, I am your guy. And when it comes to U.K. sports and news, I may be your guy, too. We're going to, again, get to the U.K. Uval Talk. We're going to rank the seven best games in the second segment. This segment, we're going to talk a little college basketball. There's something here I have to bring up. Yates, did you see what I tweeted today about what Jim Boeheim said?
0: I did not see that.
1: It's... Uh, maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll wait. I might go on a longer rant. Maybe we'll just make this a, a shorter first segment. Uh, maybe we'll wait. But uh, Jim Beheim again, just throwing his own players under the bus. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, I, 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 we, we ran so long yesterday that I eventually was running out of time. Uh, so we'll, <clears throat> we'll wait to do that. Um, other games tonight that, that could be of interest, Arizona is going to play at UNLV, New Jersey Institute of Technology beat Michigan they'll play undefeated Villanova I'm just kidding that shouldn't be uh, an exciting game I'd be surprised if it was Stanford will travel to Texas again Texas just has one loss on the year that that loss in Lexington to Kentucky they're number nine in the country and you've got some other ranked teams and uh, plenty of other college basketball tonight that uh, will take place Yates tonight is the night of the famous Bambi walk are you familiar with that
0: uh, the one where you start at the Bambi bar and walk Bartstown Road and hit all the bars that is it that happens in December. I know about that it, hap- but I didn't know it happened in the middle of december
1: it happens it, it there it's the it's the Christmas Bambi walk, and there will probably be over a hundred people participating although it's supposed to rain and I'm curious how that's going to uh how that's going to impact people, but people dress up in stupid costumes. People dressed up as Santa Claus. I think even somebody might be dressed up as Jesus. And obviously, you know, the Bambi Walk is you, you get a drink at every bar on Bargetown Road and uh, see how far that you can go uh, and make it. Uh, but it has gotten bigger and bigger every year. I expect this to be the largest crowd so far. Uh, probably not the most safe thing in the world when you have that many people crossing Bargetown Road, zigzagging back and forth. Bargetown Road, obviously, a pretty busy road. Uh, but it'll be interesting. The Louisville game could impact the attendance, um, but I, I should be participating. I don't know if I'm going to catch it right at Bambi. I might jump in somewhere in the middle. I uh, haven't, haven't really decided yet. So that will be tonight, and that will be uh, should be a good time for all those participating. Uh, have you ever done the Bambi walk, Yates?
0: I have not. I used to live right around the corner from the Bambi bar, but I've never done the walk.
1: Oh well, I I used to grow up going to Lakeside. So, were you ever a big Lakeside fan, Yates?
0: Um, no, this wasn't until I was out of college. I lived with uh, a couple guys in a house like a block away from the Bambi Bar. So, no, I've never been to Lakeside though.
1: Okay, well, interesting. Uh, so, uh, so that'll be it tonight. I, I, it's I I liked, you know you. you it's best to drink responsibly and go home just when you're tired because if you if you walk a while, your feet will certainly get tired. But I like to find out how far people can make it. Uh, I think that if you're familiar with the Bambi Walk and you start at Bambi Bar and you can make it to the O'Shea's region, then you did pretty well for yourself. Um, so anybody that's participated in the Bambi Walk, let me know how far you've gone. All right, like I said, I, I, I want to have a longer second segment, so we're going to take a commercial break now. We'll come back talk a little more college basketball then rank the top seven UK L games in this series In uh, there's I mean really it's it's there's been maybe one not exciting game besides that the other six have been great and again this is why it's the best rivalry in college basketball stick around here on 1450 the sports buzz we'll be right back red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasure. Hear the snow crunch, see the kids crunch. This is sad as big scene. And above all this bustle, oh, you hear Silver
0: Bells. Silver Bell. You're listening to The Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz.
1: We're back here, second segment. Yates, I like the Christmas music on the way out. That was a nice touch.
0: Well, it's our our last show before Christmas, so I got to get it in there.
1: <laughs> That's that sounds good to me. Not, I'm not that
0: I don't want to do it. I I enjoy some Christmas music, so I I like playing it.
1: What's your least favorite Christmas song?
0: Um, oh gosh, it's the i can't even think of it. like. I know the song in my head. It's the one that where it's the like. That you might not even know who this, who this cartoon character is, Betty Boop. It sounds like, yes. yeah, it's the one that sounds like her singing about wanting a diamond ba- Santa ring. Santa Baby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I despise okay, that song. So Santa Baby
1: it. with the really annoying voice. Yes, I I I dislike that too. Uh, that actually, I might agree with you though. That is my least favorite Christmas song in terms of that actual song with that girl singing and her voice, and it is just awful. I might agree with that in in terms of the one song and the same artist, but in terms of my least favorite song that is sung by uh, many different artists is Baby It's Cold Outside, mainly because it's kind of a song about date rape, and and people think I'm kidding about that, but just listen to the lyrics. It's this guy trying to convince this girl to uh, not drive home, and he asked what's in her drink, and... Uh, or she asks what's in her drink, as if you know maybe he slipped something in her drink. Uh, I, I think that you just presume that it's alcohol, but what if it's not? He's obviously trying to convince her to stay because we know why. So that's my least favorite Christmas
0: song. I, that you're right. the 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 message of the song and what's going on in the song is terrible, but I actually do like the song. Just. As a song, but you're right. It, the,
1: <laughs> so you like the way it sounds?
0: Yeah, yeah, I like the way it sounds. But yeah, you're right. The lyrics and the, the, sort of the story of the song is somewhat disturbing.
1: Okay, I uh, I agree with that. I, I it, but it, it the the message makes me not like the song, even if it doesn't hurt my ears quite like the the Santa Baby song, which I mean is terrible. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, what's what's your favorite Christmas song?
0: Um, I'd say my my number one Christmas song is probably depending on who's singing it. Oh, Holy Night! I've always kind of liked that one. Um, a, a Christmas song or someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder. I really like that one as well.
1: Okay, uh, that's, there's a lot that I like. It's tough to pick. Uh, I, I like. Carol of the Bells, where it kind of gets really intense there for a little
0: bit. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: I like that one. And then in terms of kind of a sentimental Christmas song, Christmas Shoes. You, that one gets you every time.
0: Yeah, that song is just super sad.
1: Well, it, it, it's I mean, it's there, sad, there's, it's, a, there's it's a good
0: life. you're right. I mean, there's a it's sort of uplifting with what the the guy in the whose song the perspective is sung from does, but it's just I don't know, it, it's kind of depressing with what's going on with the kid's mom.
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's sad, but the kid's trying to do do something nice. It's got a good message to it, despite being sound. Uh, girlfriend texts into the show and says it's Madonna singing the Santa baby song. Can we confirm that?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to... I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of surprised to hear that, but it, it's possible. I'll, I'll look into it.
1: That's if if that's true, and that's and we're talking about the most obnoxious one, because really there's there's several that are pretty bad, that are annoying to listen to. It's like almost like if you have to if you cover that song, you have to make your voice annoying. But the the one that we are thinking of, I think the original is just the absolute worst. Uh, Clay B one sixteen is on Team Yates. Oh, Holy Night is his favorite. And Jennifer Hudson is the his favorite singer that sings it, uh, so he agrees with you. Uh, so at 116 and I are just not seeing eye to eye today on the show. Uh, anyway, sorry. Right, let me get to this real fast. Uh, I, I kind of teased it in the first segment. Uh, yeah, it's a, so did you did uh, did you get to see what Jim Beheim said about Chris McCullough? McCullough, excuse me.
0: I did not see that.
1: Okay. You did not see it. So uh, this was after their game last night against Colgate. And he said, if he's a lottery pick, I don't know how he could possibly struggle against Colgate. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I got a better chance of winning the lottery and I don't buy tickets. I don't think other teams are even playing him. I don't think they're worried about him, to be honest with you. He's got a long way to go. He's just got a Got to work hard and work after the game and, you know, gain 20 to 30 pounds and he'll be a good player someday. Now, this was a five-star player, a top 20 player in the country. He's a freshman. And, you know, freshmen in college basketball can struggle at times. But Yates, in 11 games for Syracuse, and Syracuse has struggled a bit this year. It hasn't been, certainly hasn't been the year that Syracuse was, was hoping for. He's averaging nearly 12 points a game, over eight rebounds, two steals, two and a half blocks, one and a half assists. For a freshman, those are good numbers. Really good numbers. And you have Jim Bayheim, That's what I consider ripping your own player. If he's a lottery pick, I don't know how he could possibly struggle against Colgate. It just doesn't make any sense. I've got a better chance of winning the lottery, and I don't buy tickets.
0: Yeah, that's and a pretty is, pretty crappy thing to do. And if we weren't on the radio, I would use a different word besides crappy.
1: It's awful. I mean, this is your own player. This is a guy that committed to play for you, could have went anywhere in the country, and decided that he wanted to play for you because he trusts you, for you to accomplish his dreams, assuming that he buys in, and I, I haven't focused in on Chris McCullough. I, I haven't, I haven't analyzed his game. I, I have watched Syracuse a bit, and he didn't jump out at you. But he's eleven games into his college career, and he's. I mean, I mean, he's he's got to be Syracuse's best player. 11.5 points, nearly 12 points, and over 8 rebounds a game. And it's not like he said that, it's not like Chris said that he wanted to go to the NBA. Rakeem Christmas is probably actually Syracuse's best player. But it's not like he had a quote saying, I can't wait to go to the NBA. I can't wait to be a lottery pick. Jeff Goodman just came out with his projected first-round picks and had him in the lottery. So a reporter asked about that, and I just Jim Baham couldn't have... Uh, the absolute worst answer he could have given. He's a athletic 6'10", 220-pound forward. I mean, that NBA team would love that even if he did struggle. And that for Jim Bayheim to insinuate that one bad game means he can't be a lottery pick because he had four points, eight rebounds, and four blocks against Colgate, yeah, he didn't score a ton, but four blocks, eight rebounds for a freshman, two steals, that's not even that bad of a game. Now He's been on a little bit of a scoring slump, but he's still been able to rebound and block shots and impact the game in other ways. And this is a, the thing, same thing that Jim Beham said of Tyler Ennis last year, who was uh, a great point guard for Syracuse. Had great numbers in, in his one year there. Averaged 13 points, five and a half assists, two steals. And Jim Bayham talked about how he wasn't ready to go. It would be a really smart decision if he came back. If you're a top recruit, Yates, why would you ever want to go play for Jim Beheim after these last two examples that have happened back-to-back in the past eight months?
0: If you're paying attention, I don't know that you would.
1: And, you know, a lot of the premier coaches in college basketball, the best programs, they won't negative recruit. Uh, they won't directly say bad things about another coach. Now, they might point out stats that complement their program saying, hey, look who we've gotten to the pro. Look who how we developed this guy. Look at what we've done. I, I, I don't think the big boys are necessarily saying, hey, look at what they're doing. You don't want to go there. Uh, some of the smaller and mid-major programs, they'll do that, sure. I, I And maybe even some of the big guys are doing it, but I, I don't think that they are all the time. But if you're... If you're Rick Pitino, if you're John Calipari, if you're Coach K, if you're Roy Williams and a recruit is down to you in Syracuse, I would have a tough time not saying that, especially if you if you genuinely care about the players you're coaching or want to coach and care about their futures. I don't know how you wouldn't say, well, you sure you want to go there if you want to make the NBA? You're a five-star. You could possibly go after one year. You look at what he's saying about his own players even when they're putting up good numbers, you know. Imagine if you go there and don't put up good numbers. Imagine if you. It, it, it's just. It, imagine if you struggle. So I've never really loved Jim Boeheim. I've always thought he's a bit overrated. If you coach for forty years in college basketball, you better uh, get a lot of wins, and you are going to probably sneak your way into a Final Four here and there. But he's only got one national championship, and it took Carmelo and Anthony to get that national championship. And he's he uh, hasn't been to that many Final Fours. I, I think he's an overrated coach. I think he's a grumpy old man. And the more you hear comments like this ripping his own players, the more you wonder if it's maybe time for Jim Beheim to, to settle down and, and possibly even step down. So that really bugged me. I, I just don't think – again – it is perfectly okay, and I had a, a, a buddy on Twitter kind of play devil's advocate with that whole scenario who, who said uh, maybe he's just being brutally honest. Tyler Ennis rides the pine every night in the NBA. But, and he said maybe he's just trying to motivate his players. That's fine. I'm okay with, with that idea. But there's just so many different ways that he could have gone about saying it. He could have said, I don't think he needs to worry about the NBA right now because it's December. He's played 11 games. He can worry about the NBA after the year. He could say he's got a long way to go. I don't think any of our players right now are, are ready to be considered lottery picks. But again, they've got a long way to go. So almost anything else could have been better. So obviously disappointing to hear that. So I needed to talk about that for a second. Now let's get to the top seven UK L games. Yates, do you want to participate? Because I'm not saying this to be rude, but, you know, there's only one Louisville win. I I would appreciate your input, but I don't know if you just think all these games have been pretty bad because Louisville's been on the wrong end of them.
0: Um. I'll let you give your list, and if I if I feel the need to chime in, I'll I'll chime in. Okay, but you're right. I don't. I mean, it, it's probably obvious which one would be number one for me.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, that I mean, if, try to take a step back and and just be a fan of college basketball, watching games. Which one was the most fun? And and Louisville's one win over Calipari was a, a good game. I mean, it was an exciting game. It's not like it was uh you know, a boring defensive slugfest. Uh, a lot of offense in that game. All right. Anyways, I, I was wanting to do this on the show yesterday, and then uh, saw another writer do it today. I was kind of disappointed, but uh, I did see his list. John Hales, and it, it was pretty good. No, no big, no major complaints. Uh, but you're ta- We're talking about this game. I mean, I guess if you wanted to do it as a Kentucky fan. You know, maybe I'll, I'll I'll do it as just a fan of college basketball, but then say you know, as a UK or UVA fan, where this game would rank in terms of your top seven top games. So, as a fan of college basketball, number seven obviously has to be the one blowout win in this series since John Calipari took over, and that was the 2010-2011 season. Kentucky was a, a, a top five team, if I'm or no, I don't really remember. They weren't top five. Maybe I, I okay. I was looking at the wrong thing. That was the year that Louisville was number 22, and Kentucky had struggled a little bit early on in that season. Looking at the wrong game, excuse me. But Kentucky won 78 63. and kind of dominated. That was the first game in the Yum Center between Kentucky and Louisville. Louisville was never really even close or competed in that game, and it was kind of Kentucky's breakout game. That U.K. team would go on to struggle, had struggled earlier in that year, earlier in the year in, in road games, would go on the rest of the year to struggle in road games, but the game at Louisville was the one game where they came to play on the road. Uh, not Just not a really fun game to watch. Uh, Especially if you're a Louisville fan, but even to see a good game between those two teams. Now, if you're a Kentucky fan, that game might be way up the list because you blew out your rival in their house. But in terms of a neutral fan, that was probably the the worst game of the series. That
0: that was the game where Harrelson became a, a thing, right?
1: Yes, he was unbelievable that game. 23 points, 14 rebounds. Had a few dunks, and he didn't have a lot of lift. Uh, I think maybe even knocked down a three, which he was an underrated jump shooter. Uh, he was a, a Juco player that came over under Billy, for Billy Gillespie's last year, but didn't really break out until that game. So, yeah, that was his game.
0: I was, uh, I was in grad Brandon. school at the time and had season tickets, and there was a U.K. fan behind me during that game, and it was just painfully annoying. This guy was maybe one of the more annoying people ever. He just screamed to jorts every time Harrelson did anything, and it was awful.
1: You think maybe he was just trying to get under your skin?
0: Uh, No, I mean, he wasn't. I don't think so. I mean, I I would assume he knew he was in the student section, um, and I actually was, at the time, in the lower student section at the Yum Center, so... Uh, I like I say I would assume he knew he was there, but I don't. I don't think he was really doing it to be obnoxious. He just I don't know. seemed like he was excited, and I mean I I, I'm (laughs) I I wasn't a fan of what was happening, so it was just annoying to me.
1: Uh, Understandable, and that's uh, it's never fun, but you you do have to realize that some people take pride in being the annoying fan, hoping to get under the skin of their rival fans on road games. Uh, and if you win, then that fan is hilarious to you and you know, you you laugh at them for even trying. If you lose, it just makes them that much more obnoxious. Uh, but some people do do that on purpose and then there's some people that don't even realize they're doing it, and those to me are the worst kind of fans. Anyways, number so that's number seven. number six for me and, and some people may disagree. Uh, And, I, you know, it's really your choice. But I'm going to go the first John Calipari-Rick Pitino-Louisville-Kentucky game. And that was January 2nd, 2010, the 2009-2010 season. Kentucky would go on to win 71-62. It was a lot of fireworks in that game, especially early on. And, And that made it exciting. But almost after that, you know, that first scuffle between UK and Uvel, and then the, you know, the following 4 minutes, it almost just didn't even have a fun basketball feel to it. It almost just seemed like the teams were trying to it was who could bully the other team the most. And and it took away from two, well, one really good team in Kentucky, and that was kind of a down-struggling year for Louisville. But it kind of took away from the 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 fun as- basketball aspect of that game. You don't really want to see who's tougher. So from a basketball standpoint, there was a lot of hype. Uh, Rupp Arena was pretty, I mean, that was, uh, and I speak very highly of Rupp Arena, but that was one of the nastier atmospheres, nastier environments. Again, John Calipari was just, you know, a few months into the job, a few months into his first season. But a lot of UK fans were making batino jokes, and I generally like to think Kentucky fans are better than that. And since then, when Louisville's come to town, it's a really good atmosphere, but it's not a nasty atmosphere. And I'm sure some Louisville fans could disagree and say, well, I got treated like this. Well, that you know, there's idiots everywhere. But that that whole game kind of had a, a a gross feel to it. So that's number six for me. Number five in this countdown of... Louisville versus Kentucky. I'll go the 2011 game, the 2011 2012 game. Kentucky won 69 uh, 62. That game ended up being a lot closer than it seemed. Russ Smith hit two threes as time was expiring, final five to 10 seconds or whatever, to make that game a little bit closer. Uh, these teams would go on later to play in the Final Four that year. That game was a lot more competitive and exciting. This game was kind of just, it was, a, it was a, I wouldn't consider it quite a buffer game, which if you're not familiar with my buffer term, that means it's kind of a nine-point game where one team can put it away, the other team can come back. But it was kind of like your 12-point buffer game, it seemed like, where Louisville would have to do something crazy to to come back, but Kentucky looked a little disinterested, and it kind of just made for a little bit of a boring game. So I'll go with that game as, as number five. Number four, as we're moving right along, I'll go Kentucky's win over Louisville last year. UK was ranked 18th. Louisville's number six. Louisville, the defending national champs, coming into Rupp Arena, Kentucky desperately needed a win. And if you wanted to make the case that Louisville is a better team than UK last year, you know, you could you could win that argument. But Kentucky wasn't going to lose that game at Rupp Arena. They just weren't. Given that Louisville was coming off a national title, UK was coming off an NIT. UK desperately needed that win. UK wasn't going to lose that game. But it was a, it, it was a, one of the more evenly matched games in this rivalry. It had some ups and downs. It had some runs. It was exciting. And, and, and Rupp Arena, for the, maybe the first time in that rivalry game, at least at Rupp Arena, it, you, you had a sense where Kentucky needed it. Kentucky, they, they needed it. I mean, they needed it more, a lot more than Louisville did. UK fans weren't just anxious or excited because they were playing their rival. They were anxious and excited because if they lost that game, Kentucky probably drops out of the top 25, And then look at look how their season plays out. I mean, what what quality win do they have on the schedule if they don't beat Louisville last year? And maybe they don't get that eight seed. Maybe they end up getting a 10 or 11 seed. And then do they make that run? So I think that Kentucky Louisville game last year was uh, a bigger deal than people make it out to be. So number three for me, I'll go that Louisville Kentucky game because it was an exciting game. Uh, that that game Kentucky did have a, fee, a big underdog feel to it. Louisville's ranked number four. Kentucky was unranked. Louisville just had the just was the better team throughout that game, and then just somehow some way. Kentucky comes back, gets within two with just over five minutes. Kentucky, again, just doesn't go away, keeps fighting, keeps fighting. Ends up losing by three points in that game. Uh, Louisville fans desperately wanted that win, and I understand it with the way that the head-to-head series had been. The Louisville team goes on to win a national title. Kentucky team goes on to go to the NIT yeah uh, in large part because Nerlens Noel is is injured but that was kind of that was an exciting game in the rivalry because again one team comes out firing hidden the other team doesn't fight back that's kind of how this rivalry's been so so that would be number 3 in terms of exciting games and then obviously eights one and two had to be the tournament games i mean there, there's no way it couldn't have been even if you had maybe a game that went to overtime in the regular season the way both those tournament games played out, I mean, this is no surprise, correct? No, not really. So the number one, uh, the number two game, and this may be a little bit surprising given the, the stakes, but I'm going to take the Final Four game as the number two game. And that was awesome. Uh, I mean, the setup, the buildup, everything around it, as exciting as could be. Kentucky-Louisville playing in New Orleans. Bourbon Street, you ran into friends and families and neighbors that you didn't even know were going to make the trip, but you run into them on one of the most iconic streets in America. You get 60,000, 70,000 people watching a basketball game. Kentucky-Louisville. And Kentucky, the big favorite in that game, but Louisville just made that game incredibly exciting. They tied it with just about 10 minutes to go. And then Kentucky, again, uh, found way uh, found a way to win that game. Just a really, really, <laughs> a really smart, good Kentucky team. Anthony Davis, 18 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks. That's when he yelled after the game, pointing to the floor, that I think the Lexington Herald leader made a quote the front page. And I don't remember if they said that He said that this is my stage or this is my state, but there was a lot of controversy on which one he said. But in actuality, he said this is my – referring to poop. That's what he actually said. He didn't say this is my stage. He did not say this is my state. Uh, He said something else. Uh, but that game was exciting. Great build up. But the only reason that it couldn't be number one is because the number one game actually did come down to a last-second shot, and there was drama in the final minute of the game. And that was the Sweet 16 game last year in March. We did the uh, the preview show the Friday of live in Indianapolis. Kentucky won seventy four sixty nine. Kentucky, the eight seed; Louisville, the four seed. Cats coming off just a exciting win over Wichita State. Louisville struggled a bit in their first two tournament games. Lucas Oil, forty thousand people to watch a Sweet Sixteen game, uh, it, and it wasn't a big blue domination of crowd. I mean, it was pretty much evenly split. Louisville dominated that game early on, getting, finding a big lead. Uh, Kentucky, it, it kind of had a feel to it, like the game of the Yump Center that Louisville won. Kentucky dominated the game early. Kentucky stormed back late, but this time, uh, Kentucky able to make the big shots. Aaron Harrison's three, 39 seconds left. That was the difference. So that's my number one game in the series. Yates, from a from a basketball-watching standpoint, do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think if you're if you're neutral, the the tournament game from last year was definitely number one.
1: Now, if you are a Kentucky fan, I could understand if you wanted to have the Final Four game ahead of that 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 sparked UK into the national championship game. Uh, who knows if we'll ever even see anything like that again? If you wanted to have that game number one, I'd understand. Obviously, if you're a UK fan, you'd have that Louisville lo- the loss to Louisville last. And you may have that win with jorts. You may have that higher up, maybe even as high as number three. It's always fun to win in your opponent's building. Brun DMC wants to have, make a confession, Yates, that he was the guy behind you, uh, yelling jorts right in your ear, right in your ear. Oh, it was he? he. He that's what he says, uh, and then he later goes on to say that he's just kidding. But I know him; he's a big fan of wearing jorts. So, I mean, it might have actually been him, and it might have not been him so much celebrating jorts as much of what he was wearing that day. So just something that, you know, everything comes full circle. Uh, We need to head to our last commercial break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the show. Stick around 1450, the sports buzz.
0: Maybe not in time for you and me, but someday at
1: Christmas
0: time, To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker.
1: We're back, one final segment. I've got four minutes, and then it's basically celebrate Christmas time for me. I finished all my work yesterday on catsillustrated.com. My boss, Brett Dawson, had to edit. 18 stories, get the art for 18 stories, crop pictures, set the format, HTML, get everything ready. Uh, supposedly he was up very late, but he's going to take a few days off. I'm taking a few days off. Hopefully you're able to celebrate Christmas and enjoy it. Uh, very, very exciting time of the year. Not really your Christmas weather uh, I'm I'm okay with the warm temperatures. I, I would also be okay with cold temperatures around Christmas. Not a big fan of the rain, though. Uh, that's one way. That's one place that I'm not not okay with. And then uh, Yates, we'll we'll take tomorrow off. We'll take Christmas off, and then we'll be back Friday, correct? To to preview Kentucky Louisville one last time.
0: he will be back, back Friday. Friday. I I will not.
1: You will not be.
0: I will not be back Friday.
1: Don't tell me I've got Trevor.
0: You do have Trevor, yes.
1: Oh no, maybe I'll just take an extended break all the way into Saturday. I'm only kidding, Trevor. Uh, I know he's listening. Uh, but anyway, today's show we preview or we we recap the best seven games in the Calipari between OUK U uh, of L rivalry game. Talked about Jim Beahab and why he's kind of just a loser. Uh, and then we talked Seinfeld and how I haven't seen it. And you all got mad and, and made fun of me. Klavy116 wanted us to know that the Sweet 16 game was by far his least favorite from one of the bigger UK fans I know. He said he was miserable the whole game right until the end. He was the most stressed he's been in his life. The first UK game since the 98 championship uh, that he had to take a 10-minute break from watching it to regain his composure. See, that game was even more special for me because I didn't have to cover it. Uh, so I went with... All my friends, all of them, uh, all of them who sat with me were Louisville fans. Uh, but, you know, we, we all traveled up to Indy. Then there was there were several UK fans in our group, although their tickets were not with me. So I was with all my friends that were Louisville fans uh, and also got to watch the game with my girlfriend. And it was fun. I mean, that was really, really fun. And maybe it was just because it almost felt like Kentucky was playing with house money at that point that, you know, it, it, you just got to you got to take that game all in. Uh, so that, without a doubt, will be the number one game for me. Brun DMC wants you to know, Yates, that he was actually wearing George to that game in 2010, 2010, 2011 season. Uh, but he was one of the reasonable Kentucky fans for what that's worth.
0: That's good to know. This this gentleman that was behind me, I think he was in his maybe early 40s. So I would have been shocked if it was uh, Brun DMC, although I don't know him. But.
1: But yeah, he's he's a he's a younger guy. Uh, he I don't think that he would have to you'd have to worry about that. Uh, anyways, I, I I meant to get to this earlier. I'm sure that you uh, some of you have seen that the Yum Ticket Police is a new Twitter account that came out just today. Uh, saying that louisville fans will boycott all businesses that give out tickets to uk fans and he's requesting louisville fans to tweet him the seat row and section where uk fans are sitting uh, it almost it almost seems like a fake account I'm not ready to say that a Uval fan made this really really think that it was it's just a, a uk fan I mean it, it might actually be a louisville fan who knows? All right. Anyways, we're out of time. Uh, everybody have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Enjoy it. Spend time with friends, family. Do something nice for somebody. And we'll talk Friday because then Christmas is over and we won't be doing anything nice for anybody. We'll see you then.
0: Uh, they say, welcome to the 502. Take a Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest, classics, pink, Kentucky blue. They say, don't forget to seven, no, be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of true.